Welcome to Civil Discourse, a podcast where participants are free to share their ideas, empathize with other perspectives, and who intend to advance to a better solution to fix a societal ill. We will focus on topics that are particularly complicated. In a time where information is from sources more opinionated than ever, our mission is to find solutions and goals to accelerate the nation's progress with cultural impunity. I'm your host, Todd Furness. Good morning and welcome to the uh, our new podcast, Civil Discourse, hosted by Todd Furness. Thank you so much for joining today. We look forward to the conversation we're about to have, which is a little bit different, but we'll dive in in just a minute. Uh, just before we get started, as always, if you like uh, these podcasts, please like, share, and subscribe. We're very much encouraged by the growth in our subscriber numbers, and we're looking forward to adding you to that number if you haven't already joined us. So please join and please like, share, and subscribe. Today, we have Andrew Levi with us. He's the founder of a company called Plant Tag, and we're going to talk a little about uh, mental health issues today and what he's doing in part to uh, help folks address mental health issues. Andrew, good morning. How are you today? Morning. I'm great, Todd. Thanks for having me. You bet. With uh, COVID going on, we've had a lot of issues this year with regard to mental health issues. And I I don't think people really have their arms wrapped around the extent to which this has come to be. And I did some homework as I was preparing for today's conversation. I got to tell you, I was a little bit alarmed by it. They say that 36% of people are having trouble sleeping. 32% of those surveyed are overeating or have eating problems. Uh, And then we have others who have uh, increased senses of anxiety, isolation, depression. Uh, COVID is really taking its toll. And I think there's the anxiety also deals with the fact of, you know, people not knowing where the disease is taking us as a nation and the impact on the economy, jobs, uh, their personal and economic well-being. Uh, You got into this uh, topic from a completely different perspective in many ways. You started working on helping people with gardening. Talk about your journey, how you started that, and uh, and where where you are today with it. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I really stumbled on this opportunity to change the success and the way that people uh, garden um, and bringing a higher level of precision uh, to um, the journey of gardening. You know, it's it was a just kind of a happenstance in working with a client that. Um, I got exposed to the information that exists on the paper printed plant tags that you would find in any potted plant that you would buy from a, you know, your local garden center and um, got very curious based on some other work that I had done in consumer engagement and activation and de-anonymization and kind of the, the data science of understanding how brands and retailers connect with prospects and clients and develop long-term relationships. And so, you know, the further I looked into the effectiveness and really the history and background and purpose of these plant tags, I realized that it really, in my opinion, is is the ultimate uh, vehicle for creating brand awareness, developing brand affinity, uh, while uh, you're trying to help somebody that's just bought a living thing achieve a level of success and expectation with a plant. And, you know, the problem with the historical method of the way that people care for plants is you you go and you you fall in love with a beautiful plant at, an, at a garden center and you take it home. It's kind of, you know, people go with purpose to garden centers, but they also make a lot of impulse buys. So, you know, you bring home a living thing and your hope at that point is how do I 
how do I like care for this? What do I do with it? And so, you know, the journey begins to try and figure out where you should plant it, how you should plant it, how do you care for it, how much sun does it need? And, you know, when when I started to wrap my head around this, being a, a software entrepreneur and, and, and building a lot of software over a lot of years, I really realized that this is the ultimate data science puzzle, ultimate. And, 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 and there's, you know, a, a quest for higher levels of precision and success and understanding and knowledge, but everything in gardening is gray. There is no black and white. There's no yes and no. There's no, you know, right, necessarily right and wrong. I mean, there kind of are some fringe cases of right and wrong, but we identified um, 24 different attributes that contribute to the eminent success or failure of gardening. And so that's where it all started. Um, you know, I, I love the learning journey and things that I get involved in. It's, it's oftentimes more fulfilling than the destination. And so I just immersed in it. And I would, I'll tell you, I'm not a gardener. Uh, I had a garden when I was growing up. I actually forgot about it until I got involved in this, but I've watched my wife kill plants for 25 years. You know, she, she, well, she's, she's, she's actually, uh, Perfect case study. She'll fall in love with a plant in the store, bring it home, and inevitably it's going to die. I just it was it was guaranteed. So you know, in in some respects, seeing that you know kind of repetitive, you know, it was repetitive. But then you then you see people that have wild success with gardening, and so there's a you know huge variance between the inexperienced and the inexperienced, and you know, the opportunity for improvement and, you know, uh, uh, we'll call it, you know, disruption in the space is to figure out why high success happens on one end of the tail and, you know, eminent failure happens repeatedly on the other and, and everything in between. And it comes down to one thing as I did my, you know, studying and research and immersion, and it comes down to data. It really does. You know, it's kind of a cliche statement in today's world where, you know, data is data's everywhere, AI and machine learning and computer science, and you just can't get away from it now. And it's, you know, really, you know, it's the top of mind for all business disruption, all business optimization, business transformation, it all revolves around data. But this is the ultimate puzzle trying to um, untangle the, the mystery of mother nature. So you used a lot of terms of art in there, and I want to back up a little bit because um, I think especially we, we, there's some dynamics going on, both macroeconomically and microeconomically, that I think are important here that'll inform our conversation in, in addition to that. So we've had this big over the last you know 100 years or so, 150 years in the country, this big migration from rural environments to urban environments. And I can imagine that that does two things. It one inc probably encourages small scale gardening and also at the same time in, encourages agribusiness and the like. So one can imagine that there'd be a, a, an agribusiness opportunity that's likely moved down the road, which is farms mm -hmm. and, you know, more traditional food production. And at the same time, people like me who don't know the first thing about gardening, um, you know, I'm good at forgetting to, to water things, for example, as my wife constantly reminds me. Uh, but I think in addition to that, the, the quest for more and the need for more information, because as we go from one generation to another, we've kind of lost that, that mm -hmm. conveyance of or communication of information from one generation to another about how to, how to garden. So, and then you talked about uh, two words that are, that I know a little bit about 
you talked about engagement and activation. And I think that's another big thing. So let's, you know, back up just a second, if you could, and just give me a sense of, of how big you think uh, the market is in terms of uh, these would be consumer gardeners or what I would call avocation, avocational gardeners. Um, and I presume that's where your target market is, but please correct me if I'm wrong there. Uh, and then talk a little bit of how you get them over that hump, how you get them engaged and how you get them activated and then circle back to the implications of that for mental health. Sure. Yeah. So a lot of, lot of facets to, to the question, the statement. Um, so how do you get gardeners engaged? Well, let's talk about target market first. That was kind of your first, your first part of the question. Um, the target market for what we're doing um, really starts with the fact that there's 190 million homeowners in the United States. Everybody with a home has plants. You know, they may just have turf grass. They may have, you know, a smattering of shrubs, a couple of trees, but they have living plants that they've got to care for. And then there are homes with very lavish landscaping. And then you overlay it on top of that. You've got the DIY people, the people that want to do it themselves, that enjoy cutting their grass and choosing their plants and planting and watching things grow. Um, but then there's the, the DIFM, do it for me uh, community of people that just outsource it and they love the way it looks. And they, you know, they've got a homeowners association that demands some level of compliance. And so you've got to, you know, perform, but they're just not into it. You know, they, they, uh, you know, there's there, a lot of us had grandparents that were into gardening and had, you know, you know, everything from farms to rose gardens and so on. And, you know, I believe a lot of that got lost in the last two generations as we've gravitated towards um, a demographic that is fueled by instant gratification. Gardening is not instant gratification. Gardening is the long journey. And, and it's really not about the end game. It's really about the journey. The end ultimately results in the same in different periods for different types of plants. The end is the plant dies. That's the end. And that's not, that, that's not, you know, a destination that anybody looks forward to in gardening. They enjoy the process of shaping and caring for and companion planting and learning about, you know, the origins and histories of every plant and, you know, what does it attract? There's a lot of plants, especially the natives that are hosts for um, caterpillars, which become, you know, monarch butterflies and, and, and honeybees and, you know, the insects that, that are responsible for, um, you know, about 40% of all the food production in the country. And so, you know, you, you, you kind of can get easily sucked into, the, the life cycle and the ecosystem of, you know, how does this plant uh, make a re really small contribution, not just producing oxygen, but, you know, as a stopover and food for other things that produce the, the food that we eat. You know, it, it's in a very, very, very critical important, important part of the human life cycle. So, um, you know, one thing I think, and I'll talk about activations and engagement in a minute, but, you know, one thing I think that, um, you know, the, the, the evolving generations are getting more conscious of the environment. There's, you know, obviously there's a lot of talk about, you know, green, green energy and, um, you know, a, a reduction in fossil fuels and, you know, carbon gases and emissions. And, you know, the, the next generation has gotten, has grown up 
at least consciously aware of, you know, that being a, you know, an issue, depending, you know, wherever you sit on the matter. But um, because of that, I think it's caused them to gravitate towards um, gardening as a way of doing their own little part, number one. Number two, you know, there is an interest in living off the land, you know, in, in, in a current generation of, of, uh, of folks. Um, uh, uh, edible gardening is huge. When people got thrust into this period of COVID, you know, they were forced to figure out how to entertain themselves. And, you know, you can only watch so much TV and play so many video games. And, you know, then you, you kind of like, well, I'd like to do something else. And, you know, there's, there's stats I've seen here recently that said in the past 18 months, there has been 20 million new gardeners introduced to gardening in this country. And the, you know, time will tell, but, you know, the theories in the industry is that most people will stick with it. You know, they've discovered this thing, they've bought some plants, they've succeeded and failed, but, you know, they've developed a new hobby and a new passion. And, you know, once you have living things, uh, you know, people, pets and plants, you, know, you don't want to kill any of those. So it gets, you know, it'll get your attention. Um, you'll learn about it, figure out how to be, you know, you achieve some level of success. So to your question about activations and engagement, um, you know, those are, Let's just, if we can, let me interrupt you there, if I may. Yeah. Um, so let's just kind of walk people through that. You're walking through a store, you've gone into a Lowe's or a Home Depot or a, uh, and locally, uh, one of your partners, Rebels, or, uh, you know, some of the grain. Yep. Yeah. And, and they're looking at a plant and they say, hey, you know what? I like that. I think that's pretty cool. That's a, that's a good looking plant. That's beautiful. I think it'll flourish. Um, now, what do I do? Yep. So let, let's talk about how you can leverage our technology in that scenario. There's there's the traditional way of you take it home and you scour the internet and try and figure it out, or you just put it in the ground and hope it works. And when it doesn't, you you know go to a garden center and you either take take back the the bones of a dead plant and ask for a refund, which some garden centers will give you, um, or you try and you know solve it before it's too late, or you ask somebody. There's a lot of different tracks to success and knowledge and information there, but using our technology, you can get ahead of it. You know, number one, you go to a garden center and you've got, you know, an, an impulse buy. You can use our technology to figure out, um, you know, a lot of information about the plant, like it's sunlight requirements, it's watering requirements. You know, is this a difficult plant to grow? Um, how often do you prune it? When do you fruit? How, when do you fertilize it? Um, what type of fertilizer do you use? You know, and here's another big one for outdoor gardening uh, versus indoor gardening. And our technology has got, um, you know, our objective is to be the single source of information for all plants, whether it's turf grass, trees, fruits, vegetables, house plants, shrubs, perennials, annuals. Every bit of it is in our plant library. It's the, so how, the, how do you access that? How do you, all yeah, that data and that yeah. information? So let's go back to your question. You Somebody's in a garden center and they want to figure out, you know, I, I like this plant, but I actually want to do a little bit of diligence on it and figure out what I'm signing up for in advance of spending a bunch of money because plants are expensive and taking it home. So, you know, you would use our technology to take a picture of a plant. We've got um, machine learning and artificial intelligence built in to do image recognition. So you could take a picture the uh, plant tag system will identify the plant and it'll bring you a backup plant profile. It gives you a lot of information about uh, everything that I, I just described. So you just take a picture of the plant, not the plant tag yet. You just take right. a picture of the plant and it's kind of like the music service Shazam, right? It, it is, yeah. 
and, and it automatically gives you all the information about that plant. It does. Yep. Yep. Okay. And, you know, and, you know, here, here, here's another kind of scenario path to purchase um, purchase journey or, you know, awareness journey scenario is we're also we partnered with the Dallas County Master Gardeners Association. And, you know, we're in the process of expanding outside of just Dallas County's Master Gardeners and Master Naturalists, which we partnered with here locally um, into surrounding counties, then all of Texas, then all of the country. And what that does is, you know, our partnership with the Master Gardeners is so tight that, um, you know, it's helping us to build and enhance the uh, content that we've got about every plant because they built a program that has been approved by their oversight, which is uh, Texas A&M AgriLife, to work on and develop content for plant tag um, to earn the uh, the community service and uh, continuing ed credits that they have to achieve every single year to maintain their master gardener status. So, you know, our content is is best in best in class. Number one. Um, the other thing that we're doing is we're plant tag enabling um, the community gardens that these master gardeners care for. And there's a bunch of them around every every county. It's where they go. The master gardener's objective is to um, to educate. Uh, the community on best practices in horticulture. I mean, that is their their highest level objective. And so our partnership is absolutely perfect because we plant tag enable the gardens that they take people to, to help them learn about plants. And when they're in the gardens, they use our plant ID to identify a plant, learn about all the details about a plant. They can add it to their favorites list and then they can actually go off to their local garden center and find that plant and go home and buy it and plant it and, and care for it themselves. So do and, they need to download an app, the plant tag app in order to do that? Or do you, do they just do a QR code or how, how does it work? So neither, it's, it's a web app. And so what people are used to, it's mobile only. So people are used to going to the iTunes store, or the Google Play store and downloading a mobile app when they're looking for solutions like this. Um, we decided that we were gonna build a web app which is lightweight. There's no credentials. It credentials itself by using a token on your phone. Um, there's there's no app updates. It, it's really very 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 efficient and lean. And you know when when we were looking at you know how do we uh, what's the what's the fastest path to putting our technology in the hands of somebody that's interested in learning more about plants? You don't want them to have to sit for five, 10 minutes, download an app, learn the app, you know, set up a login and a password and all the nonsense that we're used to. You want to put that, that, that solution in their hands and make it, make it uh, active and, and, and functional as soon as possible. So web apps, the way to do that, you know, it functions on every mobile device. Uh, it's all responsive, but all you've got to do is text plants to four, six, three, seven, six, and it'll take you through a wizard that adds an icon to your desktop. It looks and behaves just like a mobile app you downloaded from, one of the app stores and off you go. It walks you through setting up your yard. You put your address in. Um, I mean, it's just really very powerful technology. Once you put your address in, two things happen. We connect to your um, local NOAA weather station and pull in 10 years of climatic data, including um, you know free or temperature points, climatic temperature points. So it would be freeze points, heat points, max temp, min temp by day, week, month, and year, uh, precipitation, wind, humidity, a whole bunch of stuff crunch that into an algorithm, we actually build a season map for your yard that's specific for your yard based on exactly where you live. And so the, the foundation, the fundamental, the very, very first thing that dictates success and failure in gardening of any plant is location. You have a plant that lives where you are and 
how do you care for that plant based on exactly where you live, which has to do with climatic, you know, peak temp and min temp and, you know, first freeze and last freeze, um, native soils, which you can amend um, to, to, you know, get the soil chemistry that you're looking for, but native soils, native pH, um, you know, and some things of that nature. It's all extremely critical in the success of gardening. And that is the magic and the foundation of plant tag is we start understanding where you live. We build this um, season map that is built precisely for your yard. Then we, um, the next step in, in setting up a yard would be to set up microclimates, which we call zones. And a microclimate are the areas of your yard that differ in climatic characteristics, such as sunlight, soil, and pH. And so you set up, like in my front yard, I've got a huge live oak tree that is full shade. And right next to it, I have nothing. So it's full sun. And those are two very dramatically different microclimates. But the common landscaping technique is to have the same stuff across the front of your house. If I do that, half is going to live and half is going to die because it's very dramatically different. So, you know, you set up microclimates for your house plants inside your house, your potted plants, everything. So if I, I need to, I need to type uh, or message plant to four, six, give me the rest of the number. Plants, plural, okay. to four, four, six, three, seven, six text message. You're going to get, you're going to get a text response back from that with a link. You click on the link and it walks you through the wizard. Got it. Okay. And then you can go in and use that to point and click at plants that you like in the store. And you can use it also for your home by entering in the critical data. You just mentioned your location and that'll give you guidance on what to do for your yard. Yep. Yep. We've also got a new landscaping feature. It'll help you do some you know, some basic landscape design. We've got templates in there. You know, if you want to build a, a, a vegetable garden or a pollinator garden, you can choose one of those templates. It's got a list of plants that all work with that template. They've got the prescribed sun and, and soil chemistry um, for that landscape template and design to work. It'll help you dimension things. You know, you do a three by five vegetable garden. It'll tell you exactly how many bags of two cubic feet soil and mulch you need and um, you know, helps you with edging and irrigation and, and, and so on. So, so have you done any, or got any either anecdotal or empirical, uh, data back that tells you, or just any, any form of feedback whatsoever that tells you how folks are reacting to using plant tag and your technology to, uh, not only garden, but how their mental health states may have improved or changed, uh, while, while using it? Well, our engagement rate is very high. Let's just start with that, you know, back to marketing metrics. You know, you want to know how many people, you know, see your awareness, you know, our, our, our methods of, of teaching people that plant tag exists and then actually take some action and do something, which would be the text plants to 46376. That is an activation. If you go to a community garden, the activation is different. It's text leaf, which takes you directly into plant ID, but those are activations. So, you know, we measure being, you know, good data people that we are, we measure everything. We want to know, you know, the um, number of unique users, the engagement rate per user per month. We want to know, you know, the average engagement time. And I, I also want to know interesting things like, you know, how many zones do people set up? Do they build one zone and put all the plants in their whole yard in one zone? Um, or do they actually use the microclimate feature 
um, and set up multiple zones. So the average number of zones is an important metric that we look for. We're looking for user growth. Um, I want to know how many plants people have put in, you know, in the system in their yard. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, if you think about, I, I know the, the origin of the question had to do with mental health and usability, but, you know, if you think about the implications of us having, you know, let's just say a million gardeners across the United States all using plant tag, I will know precisely what species of plant is planted in every single yard across the country. I end up with a heat map that will be the most precise understanding of where plants live and where plants die. I also know, you know, as people go through winter and then go back into spring and into summer, I know what plants they take out of zones. You know, people take plants out of zones for one reason, and that's because they either decided they didn't like them or they died. And so, you know, because of that, I can extrapolate and understand, you know, somebody planted something in in, in Dallas, Texas, it doesn't belong in Dallas, Texas. You know, there's a trend towards direct to consumer plant sales uh, where you can, you can literally buy any species of plant that you want for the most part and have it mailed to your door. Well, that's a good and a bad thing. There's a huge convenience factor, but plants don't do well in shipping. You know, they don't like airplanes and trains and trucks. And, you know, the other thing is you end up with non-native, non-adaptive species, which basically means you're going to be care challenged. Um, you know, if you order a plant that was grown in Oregon and is used to cold weather and you drop it in Dallas, Texas, because you saw it on vacation because you thought it was the most beautiful plant you've ever seen, it's probably going to struggle. So. So with this engagement rate and, the, and the, you're extrapolating the idea then logically that as people become more engaged with plants uh, and with gardening, in essence, one must assume that they're getting something out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're getting some some benefit, not just a visual benefit, but some other psychological, emotional, psychic benefit mm-hmm. as a result of their engagement with the activity of gardening and and the hunt for answers and the the uh, sense of satisfaction you get when mm-hmm. you get answers and and the whole nine yards. So it, I, I, it to me there there are a number of different things at play here. Uh, which all interact, you know, systemically or systematically uh, with one another to, to cause different outcomes. The idea that you would be outside and working in your garden or alternatively be outside and looking at a community garden, learning about uh, things, learning about what does work, what doesn't work, having a sense of accomplishment, mm-hmm. um, having a sense of engagement with others because you're likely talking to them either on the telephone or live by virtue of being outside and looking at things because I, I, for example, am not going to be the guy who walks into a garden and just wanders around by himself. Uh, I'm going to take my wife or, you know, somebody else with me to look around, probably my grandkids uh, and enjoy the wonderment of it all, the wonder of it all. So um, that brings a sense of community back, a sense of well-being. all that, all that makes sense. So uh, there's a, I'm not trying to, build you up necessarily, but I, I think what I'm hearing also is that there's a noble aim underneath of all of this uh, about you, which you can feel really good. Uh, not not just the gardener, of course, but you, Andrew, uh, because of what you're doing, there's a, there's a real genuine uh, purpose behind it that I think you're tapping into, but I don't want to be presumptuous. Is that fair to say? Oh, it's absolutely fair to say. You know, I, I, I think that, you know, I've, 
I'm a software guy by, by trade and by here experience in history, but I have developed a passion for gardening, for plants, for insects. I, I mean, I've got two beehives, honey beehives at my house now. I mean, I'm like all in. Um, but the other thing is that I have found that the people that are really passionate and into gardening have a, they, they have a different kind of mental disposition than the people that are, you know, kind of wound up tight in kind of the corporate rat race. And don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people that are wildly successful in the corporate rat race that are great gardeners, but, you know, generally I see my experience, my observations are people that, that, that spend a lot of time in gardening that are successful at gardening. They, they have a different kind of piece about them. They're, they, they are, you know, calm and, and, and I do believe that, you know, gardening is a, is a phenomenal outlet for people that are looking to, you know, challenge themselves to find mental health, to kind of disconnect with the stress of, you know, of, of the world, the daily kind of the daily grind and go immerse in something that will give back every day. I mean, flowers give back every day and plants, you know, I would say, the, the only caveat to that, and th this is where we're kind of working hard to change the world in, in our own kind of little way here, is people that struggle with finding success with gardening can, can find it to be very frustrating. And, you know, I've, I've seen people that are like, you know, I, I kill everything I touch. I don't know how to do it. I give up. They're very frustrated, become, you know, angry. Um, you know, I, I think that the percentage of people that end up in, you know, that, that, that little silo are very, very small, but, you know, I, I plants are expensive and, you know, people just don't want to fail, you know, failure is not uplifting. So, you know, I think that, you know, people, especially novice residential gardeners this is kind of one of our thesis is that novice residential gardeners that don't have the years and years of experience, they really starting out just want to be told what to do and when to do it, you know, don't overcomplicate it. You know, I don't want to know all the science behind it. I really don't understand all the details. Just tell me a quick path to success. And that maps in with, you know, kind of the generation of instant gratification too, is I can just tell you, you don't have to figure it out along the way and fail, fail, fail before you succeed. Um, I, 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 our system can tell you how to succeed. Andrew, I, I really can't express my gratitude enough. I'm so thankful for our time today. We have to kind of wrap it up because I could talk to you for another couple of hours and uh, enjoy every minute of it. But um, what we'll do is for those of you uh, at home or watching this wherever you are, uh, we'll put the all of the relevant information underneath the video here so that you can access it at your leisure. Um, I really commend you, uh, Andrew, to what you're doing. I think it's really fascinating. And I'm excited to go do it myself, not myself, meaning I'm excited to go tell my wife all about this because she is an avid gardener. And my goal is to get you gardening. <laughs> Just look at it as data, Todd. I know how you love numbers. And, yeah. you know, if you, if you view this as a, as a data challenge, I think you'll, uh, you'll embrace it and you'll, uh, you'll enjoy it. I'm sure I will. Well, thank you so much for your time today. As always, just a reminder, uh, if you enjoy the video, please like, share, and subscribe. And uh, once again, thank you to my fantastic guest, Andrew Levi.
Thanks for watching this week's episode of Civil Discourse. To learn more about today's topic or our guest, visit www.the60percentsolution.com or www.tfip.group.